All right, guys, welcome to Control-Alt-Tech Plus. We are officially in overtime, and we were just talking with uh, Nick and Kyle about disaster recovery with our, thanks to our great sponsor, CDW and APC, who are A-OK with us. Uh, so we're going to keep the conversation going. If you got your questions in, we're going to try to get to every question here. Uh, but before we jump right into the questions, we did want to talk a little bit about what we in IT affectionately know as the bus factor. I know, Kyle, you had some stuff that you wanted to say about your bus factor. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's another form of disaster. The potential for disaster is what happens if the IT person becomes incapacitated or is no longer around to manage the IT service. The systems might be running just fine, but the issue then becomes where's the continuity of service from the IT person. So uh, one point that I had made was I actually made a conscious effort to update and make sure that all my notes, passwords, everything were up to date and that my boss had a copy of everything should something happen to me on this trip. So it was basically an IT will. Pretty much. You know, I, Kyle Robinson, leave to you my passwords, <laughs> all things dear. <laughs> I bequeath to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Nick, well, how do you deal with that? Do you type it out on a map and hope they go on a Goonies type adventure to find the passwords? What do you do? Yeah, I mean, there's there's two of us in IT, so it it certainly helps create that redundancy. But if both of us are out, there's a backup who can handle some of the stuff, knows the passwords. But I'd probably like a little more documentation as far as. Do you think out of habit, just, uh, you know, kind of way the, the job industry was in certain spots, do you think it was a bad habit for some IT pros, but a good in some aspects? that they want to be that single point of failure and kind of look at that as job security. That's a bad habit. That's a really bad habit. <laughs> no, I, I've encountered people like that in the past, and no. And part of the problem becomes if you're the only person that can do your job, you've got no plan, you've got no possibility for promotion either because you're the only one that can do your job. They can't have you do somebody else's job, even if it's a, a pay bump or anything like that. So it's sort of a double-edged sword there. There is. And then that the vacation factor or the time off factor where you literally, literally start living your job, right? That you, you're the only person to turn to. I, I, I agree with you. It's somewhat of a bad habit. Yeah, not to mention so many people depend on IT. I mean, that's how we run our companies. So yeah, without IT, if you're the single person, yeah done for yeah you're done why do you think it's called the bus do you think there's an it pro that got hit by a bus one time because you call it the bus factor no one ever becomes incapacitated in other ways except the bus it's always the analogy we use you know if i got hit by a bus tomorrow what would happen right so i there's some bus driver out there just like why 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 are you picking on bus drivers <laughs> what if i got hit by a cab what if i fell off a cliff I mean, there's lots of different options. Just curious why it was called the bus factor. But I have no clue. I heard it that way, and that's that's the way that I've always. Yeah, used I've it. always heard it in IT that the bus. And I will factor. say that I've always insisted that my boss take that, print it out, put it in a safe location. You know, we've got fire safes that are lockable and all that. Because again, if she keeps it on the network, and the network goes down, how do you get to the passwords to restart the systems when the network's down and you need the passwords to restart right, the system? Literally, so, yeah. locking your keys in the car. All right, so uh, we still have a lot of questions left over from uh, Todd's Thunder Round, so we're going to continue the thunder in here. So you guys ready? Ready. All right, we'll start with uh, SQL Rage. Uh, do you use a physical backup site? And if so, how long does it take to get it up and running? Uh, not currently. Not currently? 
We have the cloud boot solution through our backup solution. Cloud boot. Cloud boot. Push a button, spin up a VM, and and go from there. But there is a little more configuration. But I would think along with a physical backup site, there's a lot more sneaker work running back and forth. And as far as like, you know, if you want it to be a true mirror backup site or if it's just a storage site where you'd still have to do a little bit of configuration to get that up and running. Yeah, it's a lot of extra money to pay for extra rack space someplace, extra hardware sitting there and just running and not being used. Right, so yeah, yeah. But That's not carries. something that, yeah, a small company would probably want to do. And the problem isn't going to the the cloud boot necessarily, but coming back from it. Yeah, being you able know. to ingest the changes that were made. Right. All right, we have a question from our returning Control Tech champion and a podcast champion. He's been on both. Uh, it's from Jimmy T. Have you ever had to sell proper DR? And if so, what did you have to do? Uh, Nick, with you, you have to sell everything, right, into the board? Right, all those committees, the council members, you know, they have to approve anything. Yeah. Uh, and if you've seen Star Wars Episode run, 1, nothing runs well when you have to do things by committee. It feels fair, but it's a little tougher. But a to lot get of by. them don't even have a smartphone. So it's like, <laughs> who are they to judge? <laughs> That makes it super tough uh, when you're having to really pitch to not. We talked a little bit on the, the show. The non-technical people. That's always yeah. a little tougher pitch where you you were talking about drawing, drawing pictures and setting that picture on fire. Right. Uh, we talked about possibly smashing, physical drives with a hammer, to to explain it. So, uh, what about Kyle with you? Uh, not in my current uh, setup, but when I was doing IT support. Uh, for other outsourced companies, uh, yeah, I've I've had to sell it, and usually it was a pretty easy sell depending on who it was that I was selling it to. Uh, one of my clients was working on their SEC certification and compliance, and that's one of the big pieces is being able to start back up within. Uh, for them, it was 48 hours of a major disaster. So, but they had multiple locations in multiple different areas. So we had their primary where we were, and then they had another office that was in their backup location. We had servers down there that they were actually already using uh, for the file services uh, using uh, Microsoft's DFSR. Yeah, and I was talking about you kind of have a, a little bit of a geographic advantage uh, that if you have multiple offices, and then maybe if they're out of a certain range away, you can kind of utilize that as a quasi you know disaster recovery where if you're mirroring offices well if i had i mean for me though their offices are their homes yeah that so, won't work <laughs> you know if they want to have a nas sitting in their bedroom or something you know as a little space heater maybe right but, you know. and if you're for all you uh, silicon valley fans out there you know running a data center out of a garage could has its own challenges for yes, sure it does. so all right uh, we got a question from uh, m carmel every time i see his name i think mark hamill but we're not going to call him that. We're going to call him M. Carmel. Uh, is a local backup enough? And uh, and what other ways should you back up information? What do you guys? I've always subscribed to have multiple backups and potentially multiple locations because what happens if something happens to that one location? Then you got a problem. I might have a hundred backup tapes sitting in one location, and if you know a bomb goes off or a fire breaks out or whatever happens then where are all my backups? Yeah. Um, right. You never want a single point of failure. So Yeah, no matter what. Yeah, and it's always got a lot of people when you start doing a lot of different, you know, kind of online backups and you maybe eliminate local backup. And I think local backup becomes important, but it's also just maybe used for the convenience of an ease of a quick 
restore yes. rather than taking the time yeah. to. I'd usually say keep, you know, if you're doing da multiple daily incrementals, definitely keep those local. You know, I, I think I've got my current backup set is uh, the last two or three days worth of backups uh, taking one to two hour snapshots. And that's my local backup. And then the offsite is where then the archive retention goes. Okay. Because usually it's the local backups get used more for, oops, I deleted a folder that I shouldn't have deleted. Yeah. Okay, I can go back and pull it. But at the very least, keep your local backup. I mean, even if you bring it home, a spare hard drive, you know, it's not at your central location of work. So. Yeah, just the, the price of storage has made backups so a lot easier. And it just like you said, it makes sense to just want to dump something put it on a drive and put it in a different location that's very crude but affordable way of just getting a little extra backup in there just if you use tapes don't leave the tape in your nice hot car sitting on your dashboard otherwise you don't have a tape anymore you yes. shouldn't be using tapes anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah we wanted to uh do an example on the show of pulling data from a tape and we were just literally going to start unwinding it but all right, so uh, let's talk a little bit about VoIP here, uh, and we can skip it if we don't do it, but uh, I want to at least ask for Christopher O. Uh, do you handle DR for your VoIP different than you do for regular server DR? Do you guys, are you guys doing VoIP? or We have kind of a hybrid. They're analog phones with a VoIP-managed software. but Kyle, Yeah, all, no. all our users are on their uh, cell phones. Okay, so you pretty much eliminated all which kind of is DR in itself, right? Where you can say if you're putting stuff in the cloud, it's technically offsite. So that's kind of, but you've eliminated phones just by doing that yeah, in I mean, a it's, sense. It's not ideal because now we've got, instead of, you know, the company saying you're going to have this particular model of phone or even brand of phone, I'm supporting Windows phones, Apple phones, Androids, 12 different flavors of Androids. That's BYOD hard times. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And DR for VoIP, I mean. And different phone providers, too. Some are on Verizon, some are on AT&T, oh, some yeah. are on Sprint. You get all that fun stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's good And if times. your company phones go down, I mean, you always have cell phones. You always have home phones. So Right. Yeah, I don't – just we were talking about it on the show. You're kind of beholden now to different ISPs at different houses. So it's probably the same thing with Verizon, T-Mobile, you know, just kind of being beholden to them. It will make everything a little tough. Yeah, but at the same time, it makes it a lot easier that people are able to then say, oh, I'm having a problem at my house. I'll go down to the coffee shop down the street. I've done that before. I know it works. It's a little bit of an inconvenience, but I can at least work as opposed to, and they're all a laptop, so it's easy to move around as opposed to, Oh, the power's out at my work. Let me take my desktop someplace. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't. Or gamers used to do that, right, in their backpack when they have their tricked-out rigs. You don't want you don't want accountants or anyone doing that. It's like I got my tricked-out Excel rig. <laughs> with, with, the, with the three external monitors <laughs> that I'm lugging around. And got yeah. neon lights flowing through it. It's just like, wow, that's some serious spreadsheeting that you're doing there. <laughs> All right, so uh, here's a question from NHCSA Admin. Uh how do you handle how do you handle offsite disaster recovery site preparation? Uh, and I think we talked a little bit about this already. It's just as far as testing, testing you're only as good as your last test. I mean, if you make the assumption that everything's going fine, I think the first thing you want to do is, as soon as you have everything kind of in place, is testing that connection. Make sure the data is actually going there. Yes. Right, and we're not big enough where we have a data center where we visit, you know, to go check on the physical condition. You know, okay. we rely on the third party. So cool. 
So we got a question here from Neil Dot O'Reilly. Uh, what percentage of your annual IT budget should go towards DR? I think it really depends on your business, your, your individual business, what you're doing. You just got to look at what you have, what equipment you have, and determine what you can, what you need to get a DR system. And then you need to determine as well. Uh, does your DR system has to have the same performance and capabilities as your production server, or can you run it in a limited fashion? You know, in a disaster, do you need all 12 or 20 or however many servers you have up and running, or can you get by and limp along with three or four until you're back up and running? Right. And uh, you said it on the show, something's better than nothing. Uh, Nick, for you, uh, you, your budget has to get approved. So do you right. have to have like official buckets for that and just like, okay, there's going to be this much for disaster recovery in there. It's yeah, hard to put a static number, but it is hard because if, if we're doing a new server upgrade, we plan, you know, a year ahead for that and we get the budget approved for that purpose. But I mean, as far as DR until something happens, the non-technical folks don't really think it's an issue. Yeah. Until it's an issue. Right. You know, then you're just like, we won't make money if this happens. And, that's usually a way they don't call. want to spend the money that they don't have to. Right. So. And, and it's understandable. I mean, it, it's, it's insurance, right? I mean, it seems you know, like we're throwing all our money into car insurance that technically we're never going to use unless we're in an accident, but you only need it but, when you need it. But you're planning for that worst case scenario that right. you have it if you need it. Uh, and you know, some people will use their old production equipment for their DR site. That's a good point. Yeah, you so could. it really depends on you know the age of the equipment, but it might be that you know if you just replaced, you know, two or three year old servers, you potentially have another year or two of life left in them for a test environment or potentially as a backup DR last ditch effort. That again, you don't have the performance on your new system, but something's better than nothing at some point if you can handle that kind of a, a right. step it, down. It depends on the data you're protecting as well. Yeah, just the sensitivity, know, the sensitivity of, it. of the data. All right, let's jump here to uh, from uh, Mike Bedger. Uh, what software are you currently using to back up your remote user computers? So Kyle, that might have been for you. Probably. Um, yeah. I'm using Druva currently. Druva. And I, they have two offerings. They've got a cloud offering where they store the data or a, an on-prem system, and I'm using their on-prem solution. Oh, so okay. I've, I have currently like two physical servers, one of which is my main production server, and then one is my backup server. And... The backup server is where the, the Druva stuff goes. So and it, and it gives you the ability to basically push out to your remote client, remote clients, and you can I'm sure get, does it give you like a dashboard so you can see all the backups. That yeah, are I can happening? I can control the number of backups, the the time frame, you know, how many hours between the backups, what folders get backed up, even better than what folders, what file types get backed up. So I can say I don't want pictures or. I mean, back up your entire My Documents folder, but I'm not going to back up pictures within there. I only want you know, Word and Excel documents and PDFs. But this particular user, uh, because of our industry, they'll be out taking pictures, and we need to save those pictures as legitimate you know, job site-type pictures. So they'll save them on their local computer, and then when the final projects are submitted, they get saved to the network. Then three or four of those pictures will be pulled and weeded out of whatever 50 pictures that they might have taken. Okay. So we keep that. So we want some of that stuff backed up, and then we just have fine-grained filters to say, you know, this person we're backing up their pictures folder, and it's full backups and all that. Yeah, there's a lot of good cloud backup solutions are out there. You can search out in the SpiceWorks community. 
there's a lot of good representation out there. Uh, Druva is a good one. The other, another good one is CrashPlan, and I actually use that on my personal computers. I just the Druva system was in place already when I took over, so I just kept using it because users were familiar with it, and I didn't really want to change at this point in time. But there's always the possibility that you know, come renewal time, I might be looking at something different. That's right. You hear that? He may be available. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Reaching out to those vendors. That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's a. Uh, Brown Coat Sergeant. That sounds like a cool gamer name. Uh, how are you backing up the? F- oh, we similar to what we just asked. Uh, at least you got your name shot out there. It was good, but it was asking the same thing about remote backups. So uh, we'll jump here to Kotlix. Uh, uh, what would be your ideal DR plan? So let's say that you have money is no object. Well, how would you guys? Uh, Nick, we'll start with you there. What would be your money is no object backup DR solution? Uh, I definitely have one or two hot sites. So if the main location goes down, you could just flip the switch at any one of the other locations, you know, and have the same performance, you know, same 24-7 guarded security. I mean, I I want the works if I have no budget. Like that ideal, when the click happens, it literally just clicks over and you're already off and running. Right. Which is possible. You can definitely do that. I don't know. With you know, automated scripts that can just oh, switch yeah. the IP schemes. and Oh, that would be nice. Oh, yeah. Living the dream. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Kyle, so let's no live. users have any downtime. <laughs> Kyle, let's live the dream. Money is no object. What's your dream DR scenario? Well, I'm already in one color facility, so I mean, the place that I'm with has a, they've got a secondary uh, out in, I believe, Texas here, actually. Uh, so, you know, put put another duplicate system of what I've got here. They've got fiber runs between, so, you know, there's no bandwidth charges or anything. And, you know, just get the get everything set up. So it's when one site goes down, the other site comes up, and away you go. All right. Good stuff. All right, let's jump to uh, Dr. Floyd, paging Dr. Floyd. Uh, his question is, who has the best DR plan template available for download that you would recommend? Is there any good sites out there or good besides the Spiceworks community? Notice how it got louder when I said that. <laughs> you guys have any shout outs you want to do? Or you've been no, just picking really... up stuff along the way and just doing it? It is something that it's a very personal experience, right? When your, your DR scenario is going right. to be completely different once you do an audit of what's important to your business. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, make a, make a list of what's important to you. I don't, you know, what's important to, to you know, you two might not, I might not care at all about, but I might have something else that's completely important to me that you guys might not care about. Yeah, so I don't think so there's it's a really, set template, yeah. really. Right. So it's a, it's a TBD. All right, I, let's... I would say, though, check with your backup vendor that you're using because right. chances are, you know, most of the modern backup vendors have disaster recovery type scenarios or setups, and they should probably have some good recommendations for you based on their current software that you're using. All right. Speaking of good current recommendations, uh, I'm going to change it up a little bit here. It's still a DR question, though. So this is coming from Don Whitehead. What music is on your DR playlist? Now, you kind of hear this a lot, where it's just like, if you were stranded on an island, what would be the five songs that you would want to hear for the rest of your life? So maybe just one song. <laughs> Jeez. Do you have a DR playlist or just whatever whatever reception you can go? I don't have one. No. I I don't know. I would think something, you know, something a little bit more light. 
You Britney don't want Spears. It. Oops, I did it again. <laughs> well, That's let, a perfect let the deal. bodies hit the floor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Those are completely two different ends of the spectrum, but they <laughs> both, ironically, are applicable. You know, I was thinking something like pina, you know, if you like pina colada, just because I'm just like, if you're dealing with DR, you want to. Maybe be drinking somewhere sunny in seventy-five. That's right. Yeah, that's that's the good, well, good place to do. Gold school with Aerosmith, loving an elevator. That's you know, <laughs> living it up while you're going down. <laughs> this question is going spectacularly. <laughs> you asked. <laughs> that's right. I, I think a good DR site would be maybe I don't know, the Virgin Islands. For a shout out for our new Virgin Island viewer, or some in an island somewhere. Hawaii. Yeah. Except it's an active volcano, so, you know. That's how... where all great evil geniuses no, live. No, I, I just want my own island. <laughs> Your own I don't private want to island. Go. Money's no object, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, so let's jump around here a little bit. Uh, uh, here's one from Paul3215. How do you plan for the DR time? Uh, we were talking a little bit about on the show about having a s- sandbox versus Nick. You had more of the just like, let's do it live. Let's just rip it off and see what happens. What's Is there a good balance there? Maybe. Um, I mean, if you've got a DR setup, you know, I'd say you should have a full-blown run of your DR setup at least once a year. Right. You know, depending on what you're doing, how important it is, how critical it is that you get it back up. I mean, you want to go through that procedure so when it actually happens, you're not scrambling. It's just, okay, pull out the binder, step one, step two, yeah, step definitely three, whatever document, case, as opposed to, oh, my God. Definitely document heavily with steps and screenshots and, you know, manuals. and We've been doing it since the beginning of time, right? Just pirates hiding, right maps, good maps, just to, to help find, find right. your way Any through. Any good DR plan is, you know, well-written. That's so. right. Well, we have a ton of questions here, so I'm going to try to jump to uh, one or two more here. Uh, and I'm going to do this just to challenge myself. Here's a question from Ferdy von Schlackwack from IPMG. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wonder if I butchered that name. We'll see. Uh, how do you balance the rise and complexity of database replication and simple database dump backups? So how do you, for, I don't know if you're dealing with any databases as far as it's not as easy as it used to be. Well, actually, it's never really been easy. But I mean, ours seems- is pretty a pretty simple SQL and Oracle database. I mean, nothing's easy when you say Oracle. <laughs> <laughs> well, they just back up. <laughs> but we're not at a point where we got to back up the SQL every fifteen minutes, or you know, changes aren't being made that often. All right, let's go through one more here. I'll see, it's that. I'm trying to mix it up here a little bit. All right, let's let's end it with Jeffrey five hundred because I don't know about you guys, but I love that name, uh, Jeffrey. Uh, since this is a touchy subject, what do you advise your clients on hosting data in the cloud? Because obviously, having it in the cloud, there's a little bit of built-in redundancy there because it is offsite automatically, right? That's where the cloud started from. Right. I mean, don't make your password password. And don't store your password list in the cloud. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah, don't lock your keys in the car kind of thing. You know, it doesn't hurt to have the two-factor authentication, you know, whether on your mobile phone or one of the security keys, in addition to your password. Should be like 20 characters, you know, at least. Fair enough. And don't uh, use the same password for everything. Right. 
What, what was that one? Basil 75 yeah, pound? Yeah, that's, you saw that? That was our <laughs> conference room. It is now retired as a pa password, but lives on as a conference room name. So that's pretty cool. I'll have to remember to change my password after seeing that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Basil pound 75? Yeah, just flip Basil it Basil 75 pound. That's it. Take your password, smack it up, flip it. All right. I said that was the last one. We're going to do one more because it's hard like Mike, friend of the show. Uh, are you confident enough to test your DR plan in the middle of a normal workday? And if you aren't, what would it take for you to feel confident enough to do that? I mean, is it for the, you know, the... I think at this point, since we had that major email disaster, that we are pretty confident in our backups. It's not easy. You're stopping that. It's really for the phony tough or the crazy brave that you're like, you know what? Let's just do it. Let's see what happens. You know, Bill yeah, O'Reilly, let's do it live. Yeah, we're not... Our system isn't isn't designed for a seamless flip over. It never was. So, I mean, there's there's going to be disruption. It's just we get the disruption and then it, it can come back up. So I wouldn't want to necessarily take down a live system because it'll automatically seamlessly fail over. It's well, it's a manual process. We've unplugged one of our hosts, you know, got a couple of hosts and fail the VM just fails over to the additional host. It's adventurous, man. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Got to do it, though. I mean, because what if it just happens? I always use the indie analogy of trying to switch out the, the gold with this bag of sand to make sure, see if a rock really starts rolling after you, if you can walk out there with it. So great stuff, guys. Thank you very much to talking about disaster recovery or what the American Dream Dusty Roads called IT hog times. <laughs> so that's right. So thank you, Nick. Thank you, Kyle. And thank you guys for listening. And that's it from us. We're done here in OT. So... Don't forget to control alt tech yourself before you wreck yourself. See you next time. Yeah.